It's time for Bump and Run, the podcast all about golf. Here are your hosts, Bob and Jamie. Welcome to another edition of Bump and Run. I am Run. And I am Bump. And lots of Canadian news to get to. Lots of uh, excitement on the calendars and sponsors. And uh, we're also mm-hmm. just a week away from the Open Championship. So there's uh, lots of news to get to. But let's let's uh, start off by talking about the finally the release of the PGA Tour <laughs> calendar. I mean, uh, that was a long time in the making. But, mm-hmm. um, but uh, finally it's come out. We do have a final date for the RBC Canadian Open, which was the date that was kind of leaked at the first part, right. and then there was a number of other options, and some people inside, even some people that I talked to inside the PGA Tour head office, who thought it was going to move between the op- the two Opens, the U.S. and the British, uh, mm-hmm. but now it's the week before the U.S. Open, and what are your thoughts on that change, Mr. Bump? Well, I think any, I think any move is good for the Canadian Open, because... Let's be honest, the spot after the Open Championship is not easy. Um, players have to come. Players are flying five to six hours after a major championship. And while some players do like to play the week after a major, that's a, that's a lot to ask. Yeah. So um, as far as, you know, with the increased purse and everything, I think, I think it's, a, it's a good – it's a better spot than it was in. Is it the perfect spot? I don't think so, but – you know, is there a perfect spot on the PJ Tour calendar? <laughs> not not unless you're uh, one of the four majors, or maybe a WGC event, or the players, or your Jack Nicklaus. But you know, like you said, it's it's a heck of a lot better than it is, or than it was. Um, mm-hmm. And and you can look at some players who like to play the week before a major championship, notably yep. Phil Mickelson. Yep. The uh, players who don't like to play week before major championships, notably Tiger Woods, Tiger who Woods, has yep. never never played the week before the um, never played the week before the U.S. Open. So that's that's one thing. But I mean, you know, you, those aren't the guys you want anyway necessarily. Right. I think it's the Jordan Spieths and the Ricky Fowlers and Justin Thomases, those guys who basically never played <clears throat> any time at the at, at that event, and that now gives you at least a fighting chance. To, right. to get in there and get them, make them an option. The other thing that people don't talk about as much is where this falls on the calendar. We know what the event is is uh, is af- after it, but also what's before it, which is the memorial. Right. And you know, a lot of guys are going to play that tournament because it's Jacks, obviously. So, are they going to play three in a row? It'll be interesting to see. Right. Exactly. And and it's you know it's it's you know you're not going to get light. The likelihood is you're not going to get Tiger or Rory, you know, Jordan Spieth, Justin Thomas, Ricky Fowler, potentially. But, you know, like, you know, guys like Phil, Henrik Stenson, some of the Euros, um, Brooks Kepka likes to play usually the week before a major. Um, there are guys that do play before a major the week before, um, regardless of what it is. They all, you already know you're going to get Dustin Johnson. You already know you're going to get Matt Kuchar because they're RBC guys. Um, I think it just instead of getting the 200th ranked golfer, you're going to get a lot more guys inside the top 100, right? Um, which will make that will make the depth of it a little bit better. So it's it's those mid it'll, it's those mid level guys, you know, that that you'll that you'll see playing that probably wouldn't play before. Uh, it's interesting that uh, the I mean the field 
already is is pretty solid if you put it in the class against tournaments that are at the same level as the RBC Canadian Open. One right. of the things that's that's it, you know it's mentioned, but I don't think it's it's mentioned as having as big an impact will be the increase in purse because the RBC Canadian Open was at the mid to lower end of purses in that class as well. So now mm-hmm. when you bump that up and it's going to go up, I think like regularly Over, through 2023. Yeah. So that also helps attract a little bit, or it's just a, a small decision maker that may entice someone else to go through. And the other thing, of course, will be the golf course. Next year at Hamilton, right. uh, we know in 2023 it'll be Hamilton as well. We don't know right. anything other than that. But Lawrence Applebaum, uh, the CEO of Golf Canada, said that now, at least with a firm date, you can you can go to some of the other golf courses and say this is what we want to do this is when we want to have it and it makes it the negotiation just a little bit easier now as well yeah exactly and and i i just think you know getting out of that shadow of the open is important for the canadian open and you know we'll see what happens you know the pga tour could help itself you know they already have the rule where you you know you have to add a tournament that you've never played in before the previous year, right? Right. So maybe maybe some of these guys every once in a while add the RBC Canadian Open to their their calendar. Um, and now that it's before a major, you know, hopefully it's you know some guys will use it as a prep before the U.S. Open. Right. Uh, the other news that came out this week regarding Canadian Opens is the uh, the women's Canadian Open, CP Canadian Open, which is now uh, sponsored right through twenty twenty three. Uh, which which means both both the men's and women's events are sponsored through 2023, which is great unless you get to 2023 and they don't renew. <laughs> then right. you're looking for two sponsors <laughs> instead of one. I ran that by Lawrence Applebaum, and he said, oh, you're always kind of looking on the dark side. But um, <laughs> what it does is allows Golf Canada to have a little stability um, in a lot of different ways. They have they know they've got tournaments lined up and, and ready to go. They're not sort of chasing sponsors or worried about exactly. sponsors, at least for the next yep. few years. So. I think uh, I think that's equally as as important, and they're going to, you know, the interesting thing is they're going to st- keep it in Toronto, uh, at Magna, which right. is an interesting choice next year. So both events, the men's and women's, will be within an hour's drive of each other, almost Magna and, and Hamilton. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, so I was a little surprised at that. But I think once you get you get a good course like Magna, maybe a, you you jump at it. And, and again, I think the sponsor may have something to do with uh, exactly where it ends up. Right, exactly, and 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 you got to think though that this tournament's going back to Ottawa at some point, right? Like it was so successful, and you know, I I just think you know maybe maybe the CP Women's Open can work as kind of a rotation outside of Southern Ontario, whereas we know the RBC Canadian Open, while Golf Canada may want to move it around the country, doesn't do very well around the country. Right. Um, well, here's what know, I, here's what I've actually heard. I've heard that. Uh, 2020 will be in Vancouver. They're just looking at uh, trying to find an, uh, an adequate site. And then mm-hmm. 2021 will probably be in Ottawa and likely at the Royal Ottawa Golf Club if right. those negotiations come through. So that's uh, some positive news, obviously, for that happening. Yeah, exactly. And I, I just think Ottawa for the Brooke Henderson factor, Yep. as long as she's playing, you know, you almost have to go back there every every few years, right? Because you're oh, gonna, exactly. you know, you know, you know what's going to happen. It happened last time. The entire, the entire area of Ottawa was a <laughs> was at <laughs> the CP Women's Open cheering Brooke on, and. And and everybody, know, I, from, I, everybody from Smith's. It would have been a good day to rob a house in Smith's Falls. Cause I don't think right. there would have been anybody there. <laughs> Nobody was there. That's uh, right. But it's 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 a good news for Golf Canada that now they have. You know, guaranteed sponsors for the next four or five years, 
And, you know, CP is also going to kick in for the junior golf development as well, which, you know, it continues to continues to build for Golf Canada. They keep, you know, pumping out some really good amateurs. Um, yep. We've seen it. We've seen it this summer um, with uh, Maddie Zirik and Jacqueline Lee and on the women's side. And and uh, Hugo Bernard has had had some good and jo- and and Joey Savoy have had some good finishes um, on the men's side. So it's uh, you know it's just the continuation of keeping on building this sport in this country for players that can go to the highest levels. That's right. Uh, let's switch gears here a little bit. We've got a we're we're sneaking up on the third major of the year, which next year will be the fourth major of the year in the Open Championship. And um, I don't know. If I could pick an outright favorite right now, because no. I don't, I don't think there is one. To be honest with you, you know, you look at the you look at the top, right, the top of the world rankings, and you know, there's there's guys with. I still think Justin Rose has some form, but you don't know, you know, you don't know what DJ, you don't know what Jordan, you, Justin Thomas, like these guys. You know, they kind of go into hibernation in the summer as the majors get closer, where they don't play a lot. Well, um, they got a big, they got a big stretch right now, obviously, right, especially right. especially if you're a Canadian Open guy. Right, and you know, a guy that I look at is Francesco Molinari. Exactly. Um, already won a couple times this year. Once on the PGA Tour, I think his last three finishes, he hasn't been outside the top twenty on the PGA Tour. And uh, and this is a guy who plays well at Open Championships generally. Like he he's a really consistent player. And you know, at Carnoustie, where you never know what you're going to get. Uh, with weather, although it seems to be that it's going to be dry at this stage, but you never know what you're going to get. Um, For, the forecast is for for cooler. It's been it's been really warm over there. They've had they've had temperatures in the 30s, uh, which is unusual for over there. But it right. looks like it's going to be like mid teens and and a little breezy and sunny, sort of like a typical open weather, I guess, is what you might want to say. You need you need your sweater. You need your jumper. Right. You just you just may not need an umbrella. Right. But uh, but you know. I look at him if you're looking down the rankings at a guy as a guy who stands out to me. You know, about, even the, I was say, how about how about uh, how about Tommy Fleetwood? He's been playing pretty well. Had a good run right. at the U.S. Open. Mm-hmm. Tom, like I, I think there's I think there's more Euro favorites than others. You know, you look at Alex Norn who won a couple of weeks ago as well. The same week yep. that Molinari won on the on the PGA Tour. You know, another guy who. You know, knocking on the door, has had a good year, has had some good finishes, almost won himself on the PJ Tour a couple times. Um, I think there's probably a lot more Euro favorites than there are uh, uh, North or PGA favorites, like PGA Tour favorites. But uh, it'll be it'll be interesting to see. The Open's always crazy. You know, you know they got the the Vandeveld series going on on the Golf Channel and yeah. you know Jean Van there's a, there's a guy that came out of nowhere and uh, Paul Laurie and that's what you know, you get, I mean that's what it's funny how we think of the 1999 Open Championship as the Vandeveld Open we don't think of it as Paul Laurie right I mean right. poor guy poor guy was probably the least known Open Championship winner in the last 25 years exactly and it's not unusual for a guy to just jump up and win the Open yeah for every Tiger Woods and Rory McIlroy and Phil Mickelson there's Ben Curtis there's Todd right. Hamilton right um you know, just as you know, we were as at, you, we as were you at the call, open I, with Ben Curtis, right? And he nobody talked about him all week. He just stayed at he stayed at the same spot for the entire time, and then all of a sudden he's hoisting the Claire Jug. Um, I I heard the story that there were only two winning tickets bet. Like, of course, everyone bets over there. There's mm-hmm. bet shops every five feet on the, when you walk into the towns, but 
and there were only two tickets purchased on Ben Curtis, and apparently one was was by Ben. He bet on himself, and the other one was was by some guy who because when you I guess when you go into some of them you you put like a number down. You don't put Ben Curtis. You put twenty six because there's a long list of them. And some right. guy wrote the wrong some guy wrote the wrong number down. And got this ticket that said Ben Curtis, and he said, "Well, maybe it's a lucky charm or something, so I'll keep it." And he ended up cashing in. So I have no idea. That's if this actually, I have no way of verifying that story, but it's a pretty good right. one anyway. <laughs> that is a pretty good one. Uh, but yeah, it's the Open's one of my favorite. You get to wake up in the morning and watch golf. Um, you do. It's always fun. You do. Yeah. I don't. You do. You don't. Um, but it's a, it's it's one of the fun. You know, Masters Open are the are the two favorites for me for majors yep. to watch. Yeah. And uh, it's always fun to see what the weather's going to do and how the guys are going to react and how different they play shots. Um, so it's going to be fun. But, yeah, I think it's a wide-open championship, really. And and you know who uh, – you know who – got to tell the, our listeners the story of our cameraman next week is Dean Willers, who uh, is has gone over to the British Open with me the last few years. He's, he's doing Wimbledon, so he's full-on – uh, I think his accent is starting to kick in because he's been two weeks at Wimbledon, and then he goes Wimbledon Sunday and goes. <laughs> we fly right up to Edinburgh on Monday morning, so I f- I feel kind of sorry for him because he's uh, he's going to be a uh, a tired puppy, but I'm going to make him work really hard. So are you <laughs> saying he's going to go from sounding like Lee Westwood to sounding like Andy Murray? I think so. La- last year he uh, or Stephen Gallagher. Yeah, last year the place we were staying. There was one restaurant that was kind of always open and always close, and he went there all the time. It was he had he alternated between fish and chips and Chinese food every night. That's what he ate. It's amazing that you went you found a place that serves Chinese food and fish and chips together. <laughs> no, although it's not. if if you think about it, you know, in the I've only been to three opens, but the first one in '03. That Italian place we went to was unbelievable. That was in, good. In in nowhere England, and then, yeah. and then that Indian restaurant, I th- there was an Indian restaurant that we ate at. You weren't there in '05, but there was an Indian restaurant we ate at in like in between Perth and St Andrews that was unbelievable too. I think the I think the the only thing. Like I think if you look walk down the street in, in any small town in in Scotland, it's like. Uh, fish and chip store, bet shop, Indian restaurant. That's what you get. Right. <laughs> so anyway, <laughs> well, uh, we will we will have full coverage. Also, a sneak preview because next time we do this podcast, I'm going to have an interview with Graham Delette, the mystery man. Nice. Who's, uh, mystery man. Yeah. I'm going out uh, today to to uh, his charity tournament, the Graham Slam, which is a huge event, by the way. I didn't realize it's mm-hmm. such a big event. We're going to go out there and uh, and talk to Graham and uh, find out just what the heck's going on with this back of his. And I, I don't assume he's going to play anymore this year. What do you think? Yeah, I would I, I would think that at this stage with, uh, what, a handful of tournaments left, I think there's seven weeks left in the schedule, including the playoffs. Um Oh, actually, it'll be more. In, in there's the only, there's only if you're not if you're not in the WGC or the PGA Championship, which Graham would be in the PGA because of last year's right. finish. I think there would be six events left that he would six play if, events, he didn't, yeah. if he didn't if he didn't play the playoffs. So it's you know it's almost not worth it for him at this stage. Um, right. You know, there haven't been any indications that his back is any better that he can go after balls at all, like 100. Um, percent So at this stage, you might as well get yourself healthy. You know, he, he actually is in a pretty good position for the major medical that he'll get next year should he come back. Right. You know, with already already 111 FedEx points, 
um, in the can and having to get probably, you know, the likelihood he's probably going to have to get 200 to 250 more. Right. Um, to get it to retain his full card um, once that major medical happens. And, again, that he's going to get a ton of tournaments because he only played, what, he only played four or five events? Yeah, something so like that. I mean, it's, it's almost... Go ahead. It's almost better that he yeah, stays away and then and gets his back right. Kinda or even, like even, even, if he gets, even if he can start in the fall series, you know, and get a few points right. in the fall because that's those are some good events there where the fields are not necessarily quite as deep as they are in the in the main season. Um, and, uh, and it, you know, bringing up those those the limited uh, tournaments left, it's go time for some of those Canadians because we got a bunch yeah. of guys sort of in between that 120 or 110 or 115 to 150 mm-hmm. mark and uh, Connors and Silverman and David Silverman. Hearn and... Yeah. Uh, you know, Mac Hughes is okay. Nick Taylor needs to get a little move on. Nick yep. Mac Hughes still has another year left on his exemption, and, and Adam's fine. But uh, be nice to see those guys at least get inside the top 150. Yeah, right now there's only the two of them, Adam and Corey Connors, that are inside that top 125. Uh, Silverman and Nick Taylor are just outside. But, uh, yeah, Hearn. they're going to have to. And David Hearn's in, in the 150s. Um, so those guys, those guys are going to have to start, you know, again, one top 10 finish. We'll get you a bunch of points. Yeah. Um, so it's just a matter of uh, you know playing well at the right time. And you know when you got like for those guys when you got the Canadian Open coming up, the Barbasol for those that aren't going to the Open, um, the Wyndham, which you know again the top guys aren't always going to be playing. There is some real opportunity to pick up some FedEx points. Exactly. Uh, much needed to uh, make a charge towards uh, the top 125. Well, we will have all that with Graham Dillette and the Open Championship and lots of stuff on tsn.ca and on SportsCenter. And uh, we will also have a uh, another podcast. Maybe we'll try and do a transatlantic podcast. With, uh, that would be interesting to see how the that technology works. That would be works. interesting. I'll get, the, uh, I'll get the wireless working. Perfect. <laughs> and we'll go from there. All right, uh, Mr. Bump, have yourself a lovely week, and we'll talk to you from you too. across, enjoy, across en- the pond. Enjoy. Enjoy beautiful Scotland and the and the Open Championship week. I wish I was there with you, but uh, all right. And until next time, I'm Run, and I'm Bump. We'll talk to you again.